Welcome to the Hallmark Cafe. I'm Michael. And I'm Diane. Come on in. Your table is waiting. Welcome back to the cafe. It's going to be a good day. It's going to be a lot a lot on the plate today. Exactly. We are r- finishing up our look at the Hallmark 2022 Christmas movie season and the funny, we, the funny thing about the Christmas season, it's never really over on Hallmark. No. <laughs> it's going to keep going. We're going to talk about some movies that you'll still be able to see. So Yes, if you get uh, Hallmark streaming, Hallmark Now, uh, if you um, where else can they see it? Peacock Yep. Um, oh, there's friendly. All, all there's all kinds, kinds of, of places services, to see yeah. everything, and mm-hmm. also if you like us, you just record them and can watch them anytime. But of course, Hallmark will be running these uh, a lot over the next twelve months, leading up to the new batch of forty or fifty new movies. Exactly. So with, there's never a shortage of Christmas at Hallmark. With completely different stories than these ones. I don't know how they do it, but I know. they're going to do someday. It, so. Ours will be in there. Someday, yeah. Someday. So today, we've got Hanukkah on Rye. That's our main course. So, Michael? Mm. Hanukkah on Rye was written by Julie Sherman Wolf and directed by Peter DeLuise. Julie Sherman Wolf is excellent. She writer. is a great writer. And it uh, features Yael Groblas and Jeremy Jordan in the starring roles. Jeremy Jordan. Oh. He's so good, isn't he? Gosh. Why don't you tell them anyway, what this movie tell was you all what about? It's about. Um, and these are, you know... Um, I take full responsibility for these synopsis because I write them. Okay. <laughs> then I will give you full responsibility <laughs> for these synopsis. It's going to be credit or responsibility. You be the judge. Anyway, uh, you know, movies are a, they're a vehicle that takes the viewer into a new world, into the unfamiliar. The movies that really work bring a viewer into the unfamiliar by making it seem familiar with characters you feel as if you've known well enough to laugh with, to cry with, and just kind of go along with the story. And those are the good movies. So Hanukkah on Rye is not a, really a Christmas movie. Well, there's an obvious reason for that. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> the two don't really go together. So Hanukkah on Rye, uh, it's a, it's, it takes a slice of a holiday and serves it with a story of love, of family, of tradition, and a lot of humor. So you've got Molly, and she's played by Yael. Is, she's getting ready to take over the family restaurant, uh, at least as much as her grandmother is allowing her to mm-hmm. take over the family restaurant restaurant. Uh, Gilbert's has been a staple of New York City for over 100 years, and its recipes are legendary. Uh, Jeremy Jordan, as Jacob, is a third-generation restauranteur in his family's California deli. He's headed to New York City to open a second location. Wow. And they have a kind of an interesting deli. Well, we, we'll get into that in a second. It's, but, ver- it's more West Coast. And, and I think it's funny that they serve uh, poutine. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Anyway, um, when their grandmothers each contract with a matchmaker separately, unknowingly to each other, to help them find a mate, to help their, their grandchildren find a mate, it's obvious who the matchmaker is going to put together. The way it works is these two don't know who the other is, uh, and they must learn about each other through letters, and they don't actually use their real names. So it's hard to say in this movie who has the best scenes. There are so many hilarious scenes in this movie. It all creates a palette of authenticity. Uh, well, what do I know? I'm not Jewish. I think it's authentic. <laughs> um, but uh, it seems real. Well, and I, I love that because it makes me feel like I'm in on the jokes, you know? True. Now, I will say I had a, a Jewish girlfriend in college, and so uh, a lot of this was very comforting to me. It brought back a lot of memories and uh, it, the the humor, the the food, all that. It was great. So 
Well, sometimes I, I, I feel like the concierge at the apartment building. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, uh, he's kind of like me. He's, he's, uh, observing everything. He's like us and we're observing it. We're not Jewish, but we're observing these people and we're just having a great time because we don't feel, I don't feel excluded. I feel included. Uh, Jeremy Jordan's character, uh, Jacob, uh, takes an apartment or he's kind of sublet a place for his time in New York in the same building that Molly lives in. Mm -hmm. And Molly and her family, all of her family, they all live in this building. Now you lived in New York City, so is that I is did. it the concierge? Is that or is it desk? What do well, they call I the lived, guy? Down there? I lived in a six floor. It wasn't a walk up, but it usually ended up being a walk up because the elevator worked fifty percent. Well, did of you have time. a? Uh, but we did not. And but, but, when I lived there, but you must have that known building. people who did. Oh right? yeah, right around the corner. We lived um, on uh, like a hundred and six and Broadway mm-hmm. on the west end, west side, and um, it, you know you go around the corner and then you're on the oh, shoot. Now I can't remember the, thing of the name of it. Um, big old street. Yeah, big street. Riverside. Riverside Parkway. Thank hey, you. I do that. I can't I believe I know it. that. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's a total guess. Just totally blanked out. <laughs> anyway, uh, on right off Riverside Parkway, I used to take my dog and walk on Riverside right. Parkway. And um, now that's the, isn't that near the park where they famously filmed? I walked in that park. The last all the scene time. from You've Got Mail. You've Got Mail. Yeah. Okay. I, that I know those flowers. Yeah. I mean, and then you walk that place where they had the boats is actually right over the. The, right down the hill from there's a, a part of the trail goes past those flowers and then down um, to the river oh, and okay. around where those boats are. So yeah. they didn't have to go very far to oh, film okay. those. So, um, but anyway, <laughs> we're digressing all over the place. No, well, but it kind of ties in because this movie is a little like You've Got Mail. Uh, well, what I was going to say is go to go back to the mm-hmm. concierge. Um, there are a lot of buildings in that area that have concierges. And that's, the, that's those, what you call The, the yeah. Riverside Parkway buildings are historic. They're just right. incredible. Um, just They're like artwork. Right. You walk down the streets, the overhangs and the, the facades of these buildings, and they're just, they have the views of the river. And, oh, right. my gosh. It's just beautiful over there. Um, so and a lot of those do have concierges. So, of course, it's perfectly normal to have the yeah. concierge guy there. When and, I used to drive uh, Maury Povich around, yeah. Uh, when I worked on on his show, um, I would pick him up at the Dakota, and they I don't know if they had a concierge. They they had a doorman, but he was a uh, he was outside. And but they must have had a guy inside in too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, is yeah. I never I oh, I went in there once. I got to go in and and visit. Is really cool. It yeah. reminds me of it. <laughs> whenever we watch Murders in the Building, it just reminds me of oh, Dakota. Oh, only Murders it's, in the Building. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's the same same kind of vibe. Yeah. Uh, but um, but yeah, I. There are lots of concierges out there, but I, I, I have a feeling that this guy, if he was a real concierge in a real building like this, he'd be in hysterics all the time. So this this he guy, uh, uh, his, his character's name was Thomas. He was played by Tim Nazane. I don't really know how to say his last name properly, but he was really, really funny. And But I was going to say, uh, you've got mail connection. Yeah. As, of course, these two characters end up writing, handwriting letters to each other. Yeah, this movie's kind of a cross between... You've got mail and the shop around the corner, which is the movie that you've got mail uh, is Mm -hmm. imitating. So it kind of goes back to all of these. It's really interesting. They kind of line up and going all the way back. And yet it feels completely different because they add in this other element. And the other other element isn't really the, the Jewish part. It's the food. Right. I mean, the, the food in this movie. That's why we chose it as a main course, because you're going to be full by the time you finish listening to our podcast. That's true. <laughs> now, we, we want to point out that uh, in the movie, the two grandmothers are, uh, they're, they're conspiring to get 
uh, their puppies. Yeah, yeah, their Puppy. their uh, grandkids together with somebody. Although I guess we don't, they don't know, they who, don't that know is. who that is either. So uh, the, well, all we know is that the the matchmaker has a perfect record. Right. So that's one one of the grandmothers played by uh, Linda Darlow. Uh, that's uh, Molly's grandmother, and then Jacob's uh, grandmother is played by the wonderful Paula Shaw, who who you've seen many times on Hallmark. She's a fantastic actress. And she's amazing. She's, she's amazing. really I mean, funny in this you, movie. Uh, yeah. Everybody um, wants somebody yeah. like her so in their a, family. It's a very energetic movie. It's moving along. The, the dialogue is so snappy. Yeah, they're writing. It's so quick. They're writing so letters. And of course, uh, Molly finds out that Jeremy's uh, from the family that's going to open a competing deli. So that gets complicated. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, there's uh, some, you know, showing, showing the Knights of Hanukkah with the singing and the, and everything else that goes on there, so that you get the culture, you get the food references, and uh, but mostly this is a movie about family. It's about family, and, and you know it doesn't matter what the culture is; it's just it's family, and and you can watch this movie and see your own family in it. You know, and they always say that you know, you you watch a Hallmark movie; it's filled with Christmas magic. This movie has Hanukkah magic, mm-hmm. which I really like, and, and it's truly magic. It's it a magical really movie. Is. I'll point out that this was, a, I mentioned earlier, directed by Peter DeLuise. And I, it's funny, I was thinking about the, the, the character of Thomas, the concierge, mm-hmm. who has just fantastic deadpan moments as he's listening to these two characters interact with each other in the lobbies or getting their mail and they're getting the letters. and He knows what's going on. He's the only one who knows it's, it's them. That's right. Um, and, and he's like in on the joke, and so are we. Yeah, and it reminded me, I thought it had to... It had to been a nod to Peter DeLuise's father, Dom DeLuise, because he had he was a great deadpan comedian. He he that that character kind of reminded me of him. Yeah, and I thought that was kind of sweet. One so. of my favorite moments with him is when he's first moving into the building and he can't get his mailbox open. This is um, Jeremy, you know, yeah. um, and uh, uh, Jacob rather, and he can't get his mailbox open. And uh, one woman, older woman with a dog, comes in and and she won't help him because she just thinks he's a thief. Yeah. Right. And uh, the, just the the repartee between them is is really funny. But then when Molly comes in and she shows him how to do it, it's like this intricate dance he has to do with the key. And uh, and she's gonna she takes his phone and says, oh, "Let me give you my phone number." And Jacob says, "Oh well, you know." <laughs> Thinks she's like wants to, and she said, "Oh no, you're not my type." And he said, "What's your what's your type?" And she said, "Well, first of all, somebody who can open their own mailbox." <laughs> and just the delivery is so fast, so and, good. and then Thomas just spits up his coffee, and yeah. it's just the whole thing. It takes place in this little, like you know, five by five area, and yet it it just explodes off the walls. Yeah, it, the, it, the, the the humor. They really captured the feel of New York and I, I they thought... They did, actually. I Even thought, though it wasn't shot in New no, York. No, it was, it was, it was really in Canada, but it was just really well done. Because one of the things about New York that I I, I just loved is it, New York is, you think of it as this huge millions of millions of people living in a city, but it's really a bunch of small neighborhoods all, all connected right. um, by blocks. And like where I lived, we lived above a Lebanese... Um, uh, coffee pastry place and so we'd get up and if you didn't feel like making coffee you just went downstairs and went into and and everybody knows you they knew me and the the owner of it right, he was right. always like oh Diane. and um uh you know he, they knew your coffee order anyway um they did a really good job in this movie of making you kind of feel that way like feel the multicultural feel the feel of connection had, yeah when they had all the people lining up to get the latkes and you know, this was a big tradition with the neighborhood, and you just had this, you, you really got the sense of um, family and of a neighborhood and in the middle of a big city. So 
uh, I, I just really, I enjoyed that. I, I really love this music movie. I have to say, it's one of my favorite of the season. I laughed a lot, but it's also very touching. Can I tell you something, though? And go ahead. Uh, we might as well. I, I, you always tell the stories, but I oh, have, go on. I have You got story. another story? Oh, I just got I a story. story. Yeah. So I said we lived on the sixth floor, top floor of this building. And, um, you know, uh, it has the big, heavy fire doors. And if you um, accidentally, like, try to leave it kind of... And I can't explain it. The deadbolt has a position where if you let it lock when you leave and it's in a certain position, you cannot get back in with a key. You just can't get it. It just won't open. It's like completely locked and you can't get in. So one night um, we went out for a walk and uh, I think, I don't think I had the dog then. I think he was staying with somebody. But anyway, went out for a walk. It was really late and we walked on the neighborhood and and we came back and it was like two o'clock in the morning. And we couldn't get in. We're like, oh my God, what are we going to do? Oh no. Well, how do you, you know, there's no, there is a fire escape, but you can't get to it. Right. You know, because it's kind of It's for escaping and not for entering. (laughs) Yeah. Thank goodness in New York. Yeah. But anyway, so we went back downstairs and there was a, like a, not a fire, but like, I don't, I guess there was a call from a, for a fire truck. And I don't know if they were just doing rehearsal or something, but they weren't really, they were either finished completely what they were doing. So. We went down and we just started, it was two streets away and we started talking with the, um, and I had this idea, I thought, I don't think they'll go for it, but I'm just going to ask them. So I went up to the the fire chief and I said, (laughs) this is a story you've never told me. This is great. (laughs) This is great. It's a true story. I know, but this is great. I love stories. I went up to the fire chief and I said, "Um, we locked ourselves out of our our building and we can't get up. Do you think you could help us get on the fire escape? And he just looked at me and he said, what? I don't know. You know, anyway. So he said, well, give me give me 15 minutes. So I go over. I told him the address, you know, is literally around the corner. So we go over and we're standing outside and the fire truck with the left. It showed up, up, came up to the front of the building. They put the ladder up to the window and the guy gets on the ladder and he goes up and he goes in the window because fortunately we had left the window unlocked. He goes in the window of your place. Yeah. Oh, that's and hilarious. And then, then he went in and unlocked the door for us. Okay. And then he, he I think he went back out the ladder. I don't think he went down. The, he might have gone down the stairs. I can't remember. I was so shocked. <laughs> I've just, I've, that was like the ultimate in absolute kindness, generosity. Wow. And uh, New York's finest. I think, I yeah. think we, I think we um, went and got them some like, cookies or something we bought out at Zabar's and <laughs> took it to the firehouse because that's fantastic we were just like oh my gosh this is the middle of new york city and this these guys were so nice i mean talk about saving the cat <laughs> <laughs> there was a saving the cat that, <laughs> that <laughs> got you there i love a anyway, story i've was... never heard before i had no idea that happened that's great <laughs> I never told you that story. Wow, so this movie good. has reminded you of that. It did. I'm it absolutely did. So we, we thank you, Julie Sherman Wolf, for yeah, really. helping to remind <laughs> Diane. If she listens to this, that's going to end up in a movie. I'll tell you that. <laughs> An actual Save the Cat. All right. Anyway, so uh, we are going to move right ahead to dessert. Today. Oh, yeah. Right ahead to dessert. We've got a... Because we've got a, uh, we have a second half, a jam like you packed, wouldn't believe. Yeah, we've got so. a jam-packed episode here today. So, so uh, the dessert today is Holiday Sitter. Another one of our a favorites from this season. Sitter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, this movie was uh, directed by Ali Liebert, uh, actress and director, and written by Greg Baldwin and Jonathan Bennett. They came up with the story, and uh, and then Tracy Andreen wrote the teleplay along with Greg Baldwin. So, a lot of really great talent there. This was a this was a really fun movie. I wouldn't 
I mean, I guess you can call it a Christmas movie. It's really a love story that takes place at Christmas. But, True. you know, who's True. who's quibbling? Because to me, that's still a Christmas movie. I should mention that it uh, stars Jonathan Bennett and George Crissa in the role, the leading roles. So yes. I and uh, forgot to say that. So um, Jonathan Bennett plays Sam Dalton in this incredible breakout comedy, actually, for any network, let alone Hallmark, about a single gay man who has a long way to go before he meets the man of his dreams or before maybe better said, he becomes the man of someone else's dreams. So Sam is a bachelor financial advisor who is uh, coerced into postponing his own Christmas trip to Hawaii to take care of his niece and nephew when their parents have to take an earlier than planned, their parents include his sister, by the way, um, have to take an earlier than planned trip to pick up a new baby they're adopting. And wouldn't you know, no one else is available to do it. Sam is obviously not competent to handle the job, as shown by numerous flashbacks of him setting the kitchen on fire. But with the help of Jason, the handsome and single next-door neighbor, who, as uh, Michael said, is played by George Chrissa, uh, he Jason agrees to be a hired uncle consultant in exchange for a fee that will cover his own legal fees for an adoption he's going for, if that's not com- too complicated. I, I think Sam, I'm following. following I'm following okay. along, yep. So Sam starts to become more competent. He gets a little more confident, and uh, he starts to become the open person he always wanted to be. Um, Sam starts to see himself as someone with a future, as someone's partner, someone's parent, someone. It, it's something he never saw as a possibility for himself. Um, so this movie is just over the top funny. Like there's a lot of slapstick oh, yeah. at the beginning, and there's there's a great date scene, uh, maybe a blind date scene. Yeah. We don't know with Jonathan Bennett. Uh, yeah, yeah, in the beginning and. Uh, there, uh, there are a lot of clues in this that say, you know, he's kind of living on one level. There are lots of sub-stories in this movie. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's a Christmas play, the snowball fights, stockings, uh, there's a blizzard, there's cute kids. Uh, but the relationship really takes center stage, and, and it should. The, the leads are charming, the family's supportive, and uh, the scene where Sam reveals he never saw any of this as a possibility because that's what he was told for his whole life by society is... It's heartbreaking, and and he says it in such a way that uh, we as viewers don't feel blamed, but certainly are encouraged to look in the mirror at how we respond to people. And Jonathan Bennett is really hilarious in this movie. His his uh, skills as a comedian are <laughs> really uh, in full full he's got view here. The it's, physical comedy. Oh yeah. He's got the the uh, cerebral he's comedy. Totally awkward with with kids. He can't cook. You know, it's it, he's all he's thinking about is going off to Hawaii and having a fabulous time. He's just all into himself. It's really interesting to see the character turn around in this movie. And uh, George Crissa is—he's just all his deadpan responses to all the looniness that uh, that uh, Jonathan uh, portrays is classically good. So they it immediately have great chemistry, mm-hmm. um, and you're obviously know what's going to happen here. But it's just a, such a fun ride. Yeah. And the interesting thing about the movie, it's. It's it's uh you know it's not that different than a lot of uh, typical Hallmark movies would be with the comedy yeah, and the true. and the that's true. the, the storyline but it's just it's it's but a, there's an extra layer of of um depth to it that right. is is funny and poignant at the same time and um you know at the end of it and we watched this a couple of times right. as we right. do with yeah. the, with these when we we like to really know the movie if we're going to talk about it so we don't make any mistakes but um you realize that John, um, not John, Sam's, Jonathan's mm-hmm. character, Sam, uh, when he's really over the top and he's sort of surfacy and he's just out, you realize that he's that way because um, 
he's because of what was revealed at the end, which is he's never ever thought that he could be any other way that he would be allowed to really be himself right. and deep and and communicate on a deeper level or or have kids and a family and and achieve that sense of of um, that brings us back to that scene uh with his sister, with his sister yeah. where uh i think i wrote down uh, he says uh he was always told no not you yeah. like he couldn't yeah. have the things that he's now seeing he could have right and it's really it just opens uh, it's eye-opening and i think to me to, to have this movie on for the Hallmark audience and hopefully draw people and say, look, this is an amazing story about about love, yeah. about uh, self-discovery and about love. And, and about I feeling yeah. different yeah. and feeling like you don't deserve something when you do. But everybody so, does deserve love. Yeah, so yeah. that's what's the message of the film. It doesn't hit you hard over the head, but that one scene is just beautiful. And you never feel like he, he, he does this. He's such a good actor. He never, you never feel like he's playing a victim. Never, no. You just feel like he's suddenly, his heart is open and he realizes something. Yeah. And, you know, he, when he says, you know, I've always been told no, he's, what he's really saying too is that he's always told himself no. And so it's really, really a great, great writing, great and great and writing. I, I, my hat is off to Ali Liebert who did a fantastic oh, job because she great. she knows the comedy and she knows the drama. It just was a really well made film. This this neighborhood where they live, it's it's a little like uh, Hanukkah and Rye where they all live in the same apartment building. They they all seem to live on the same street. The 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 mother, the grandparents, they all live on the same street in different houses. So when they come out to talk to each other, it's uh, there's a lot of. There's there's his mother over there in that house and you know he's calling right. she's calling him up and he looks out and she's looking at him through the window kind of thing and it's pretty funny. And uh, Jason's mother is played by of course Gabrielle Rose whom we know from Aurora Teagarden movie as Mrs. Mrs. Totino. Totino. <laughs> Mrs. Totino. <laughs> Mrs. Totino. My favorite role. What's that? Uh, it's the Julia's, Julia's house, house episode. That's, that's one of my favorite. Uh, just, she'll always movies. be Mrs. Totino, <laughs> Mrs. Totino to me. I hope she doesn't take that badly. But she's but. great in the movie. And there's some other great folks in this movie you might uh, recognize. Matty Finocchio plays uh, Jason's brother. Uh, he's great. You see him in a lot of Hallmark movies all over the place. He's one of my favorites, too. Yeah, yeah. He's as popular as Mrs. Tortino. So so highly recommended this movie. If you get a chance oh, to see this Oh, I just want to say, that, oh, go ahead. That, because, you know, it's a big deal it, when you have the kiss at the end. But they, as in all Hallmark movies, that we love it when everybody applauds the kissing at the end right. and so, they do that and it's just a great reveal it's a great and reveal and it just works and it just there's an extra element of they're all applauding that these two guys are kissing it's just a really a well, great these two moment. guys have fallen in love it's just you know, great it's great it's so. just a great moment uh, so again highly recommended catch it if you can The Holiday Sitter and we will be right back with more fun we've recorded two original Christmas songs on our two song single Christmas in Maine there's snow on the beaches Both of our Christmas songs are available on Apple Music, 
iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, and others to download or stream. Or visit thekillins.com to hear these songs and more of our music. All right, we're back in the Hallmark Cafe with you talking about this year's 2022 Christmas movies. We're going to do something a little different at the end of this one. This is kind of our big wrap-up of all the the 40-some-odd Christmas movies that Hallmark had this year. And uh, we're going to join uh, join us at the craft service table. What do you think? Oh, I like the craft service table. I always like one of those. Yeah. Yeah, we, we've always... Uh, craft service tables are our favorite place to be in a movie set. That's where you find the M&Ms. So we're just going to do throw out a few more movies uh, that we liked, but uh, they didn't quite make it to the, to the main course of the dessert, but um, they were fun to watch. Uh, one is, uh, my first is Hollow at the Holly with Lacey Chabert and Wes Brown. And uh, this is a fun look at a kind of a wacky HOA at Christmas time. Uh, it's very manic. It's over the top. It's totally different for Lacey Chabert, but she pulls it off. And Wes Brown is her, her straight guy to her uh, Lucille Ball kind of Yeah, person. it's one of those uh, neighborhood has to, everybody has to uh, decorate their houses as, in a Christmas way. And it's, you know, we've seen this before in movies. It, you know, this one veers into horror movie territory. It but, does a little bit, it, yeah. But it's funny. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you, this was a good one to watch. And, and, and you were president of an HOA once, so. I was. I did not wear the glasses or carry a clipboard and did you, walk and you around. Not, you just don't do that these you days. You did not force people to you know, decorate their houses. Somebody will hurt you. <laughs> you <don't> do <laughs> it. Like, <laughs> you send out notices. You don't go in person. Well, you didn't mention an important thing that hmm. I wanted you to mention. That was directed by McLean Nelson. Oh, yes, 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 who yes. Also, I should say that. It was written by Andy Sandberg, by the yeah, way. And it was all, and McLean also directed one of my favorite movies from last year, The Presence of Love, which was shot in England. We just watched that again. Oh, that's a on. really good movie. Uh, the you Presence of Love. It's If you Watch see that movie, you'll cry. If you catch that movie, catch it. It's a completely different movie than this, uh, than the Hole Out the Hole. It's almost like a quasi feature film. I mean, it's really, yeah. not, it's really well yeah, done. I, I, yeah, Shot on location I, and... Um, I tip my hat to, to McLean for done, doing such a great job with that. Anyway, what do you got? I got a Kismet Christmas and this uh, stars uh, Sarah Ramos and uh, Carlo Marx, directed by Mark Jean. And I like this movie because it, it was kind of a lighthearted look at Finding romance at Christmas time in an unusual way. Well, it's one of the few magic, and, and uh, there was a little bit of magic involved. At magic Christmas, mostly movies. to do with cookies uh, baked Which, by being Mary. In baked, Colorado, we can say that baked by Mary Lou Henner, and uh, so yeah, so I like this movie. It was fun. Of course, I'm a big Carlo Marx fan, and um, you know, I, and I like Mary Lou Henner. Yeah, anyway, so, so I, you know, I, like I don't want to say much more about the movie other than it's enjoyable. You'll enjoy. Uh, the story. It's got a good story. You know, it makes you feel good by the end, so. I think I'm going to go over across the pond to The Royal Nanny. I like that one. I, I'm always a fan of kind of spy uh, intrigue. Yeah, and like them. I, I think they, they did a good job on this one, and I loved it that it's, uh, you just kind of get taken away to a different place, and I, I've read different reviews, and some people didn't like it, but I liked it. I thought it held together well, and um, it was just a fun little ride. Who cares what those for... other people think, really? I mean, if you like it, you like it. That's right. That's I'm what like, I They say. should care what we think, because we think you should watch it and enjoy That's it. That's right. So, you know, I don't know. <laughs> We're all the same. Anyway, um, it's uh, uh, the director's uh, Jonathan Wright, and uh, it's written by Brooke Durham, and uh, it stars uh, Rachel Scarston and Dan Genot. 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 Anyway, it's it's a fun movie. Yeah, so, it's a fun movie. I actually like that one too. I enjoyed uh, the whole deal, and it, you know, I, any kind of spy caper thing is always fun. No, so. and they made her very competent. They did, yeah. And 
there's there's another character that's an older woman who is also very competent. And uh, anyway, moving yeah, on. I liked it. What else you got over there? I got a jolly good Christmas. This is a movie uh, also directed by Jonathan Wright. He was busy. Shot entirely on location in London, written by Ron Oliver. This is the story of an American architect who recently moves to London for a prime opportunity in a prestigious firm. With just three days before Christmas, he must still purchase a gift for his girlfriend, who happens to also be the boss's daughter. But while shopping, he bumps, literally, into a personal shopper, and his life is about to change. And it starts a whole adventure of them shopping and going through London. And it's a movie about growth, you know, it's a, really. Yeah, growth and change. And, and uh, as usual, there's a smart woman involved. Oh, she's terrific. This, she's this really stars uh, Will Kemp and uh, Resh Machete, and she's great. I love, really liked her. And Will Kemp, fantastic. Uh, great cast. And I've watched this movie more than once because... I found it kind of drawing me in, and I just, it's one of those... Well, we love being in England. Yeah. You know, you're I, from Scotland, I, and we've gone yeah. over there, and, and it's, it's a fun thing. I'm, I'm looking forward to another trip. London's a fabulous town. It's my favorite town in the world, and so, you know, it was, it's great for me. If you, if you want to go on this fabulous just uh, romp through London, this is a movie for you. It's fun. Each, each act is great. I really liked it. So, okay. uh, again, and on second viewing, you know, you might like it even more, so... All right, and... Uh, Let's see. Um, let's talk about Christmas at the Golden Dragon. Uh, the, one of the things that Hallmark did brilliantly this year was that they brought in all types, all cultures, all diversity. All I mean, they just really got creative with they their did. stories. Yep. And this is definitely one. Um, who has never been to a Christmas uh, to a Chinese restaurant at Christmas time when you're hungry and nothing else is open? And it's always good. And uh, this is a movie about a family that decides to retire. And it, it weaves a bunch of other stories uh, in the story itself from the people that go to the Chinese yeah, restaurant. Yeah, we get to know the Christmas patrons. Time. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so this is a good one as well. Um, it uh, the, directed by David Strasser and uh, starring Kara Wang and Osric Chow, and they just did a great job with this one. Kind of, it's, it's kind of an ensemble movie, yeah. which is nice. I grew up at a Chinese restaurant, so I know something about this. Tell me, tell me more. No, you don't want to know. Well, <laughs> well your briefly, mother worked there. My right? mother worked there, yeah. and, uh, and so I'm six, seven, eight, nine, and and uh, did a lot of homework. And well, first I was just coloring because you know I'm five, but uh, reading my storybooks and watching my mom work her butt off, and sometimes sitting at the at the bar, um, and the bartenders they just loved us, my, me and my two sisters, and um, I would get lots of maraschino cherries, which are like sugar deadly Can, cherries. I've never seen you eat one of those. So no, probably... I've never <laughs> eaten one since. I think. <laughs> but it was great, and they were really they were great to my mom and and the, all of us girls. And we spent a lot of time as we got older. We learned how to fold napkins and set tables, and you know. And then my sisters went on to be brilliant waitresses when they were in high school and and just out of high school. And you followed suit. I was not a brilliant waitress. <laughs> no, I I was a I was I sang. I was a musician. I. No, I was not a brilliant waitress. That's fine. I'm just trying to picture this Chinese restaurant in Maine where you grew up. I know. Well, you know, it was it was really great. It's not there anymore. It's long gone and become an outlet mall. But, uh, but it was a staple of the community, and I totally get this movie. Yeah, I think so, too, because it really captures the, you know, where people have need a place to go. They're, they're kind of the... Kind of the oddballs, kind of the, they don't have a family, they don't have a, a different place to go for Christmas, and, and I really like the way that this movie portrayed that because that's part of the audience. Yeah. We're, out, we're out there too wondering, you know, 
where we go on Christmas and stuff. So. For me, it was, you know, it was my daycare. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, no. yeah. So anyway, what else you got? I have a big fat family Christmas. Oh, yeah, okay. Which was another movie uh, that's uh, in a location, this time San Francisco. It's about a, a woman who's a re- reporter, and she is going to report on this big family Christmas uh, party that happens in the neighborhood the every top. year. But she's actually part of the family, but she's trying to hide that she's part of the family. She's kind of embarrassed she's by She's kind them. of embarrassed by the whole thing. And you see the conflict there. She teams up with another reporter to try to tell the story, and he doesn't know that she's part of the family at first, so that's kind of a, a fun thing. And, and of then course, they that's lose revealed. the money, and there's a lot. That's we, revealed we won't that tell point. you everything about it. Uh, and this is a... Um, stars Shannon Chant Kent and Shannon Cook, two Shannons together. And she's a fab- fantastic singer. Shannon Chant Kent, you've probably seen her in Hallmark before, playing secondary roles, but she's an incredible soprano singer. And so at the end of this movie, she sings a beautiful version of A Holy Night, which really takes you One by... One of the best I've heard on a It really takes movie. you by surprise, because yeah. it's like, holy... You know, wow, she can really holy sing. Holy night. Yeah, so uh, I... <laughs> got me there. So... I recommend this movie. It's fun. You see some great location shots of San Francisco. Um, just, an, again, another adventure to another place. Yeah. So that is A Big Fat Family Christmas. And speaking of incredible singing, I'm just going to go to a musical movie here. Not a musical, but a musical movie. It's All Saints Christmas, and uh, it's based in New Orleans. I think it's shot mostly some somewhere. It some of it's in New Orleans, Vancouver, for sure. Vancouver, but they... They did like in they big, did some big, like location. in Big Fat Family. They did some location yeah, work, so which was really great. It so really we see a little bit of New Orleans, which is nice. Yeah. but it stars uh, Lettucey and uh, Roger Cross, and written by Tracy Andrine, Patricia Cuffey Jones, and Chad Quinn, and directed by Troy Scott. And it's a kind of a twist on the old fake fiance, but uh, it's a good story. Um, Hallmark doesn't always get the music uh, movies very right if i could say it that way right but for me but this one they really did they got great singers and the characters the the actors are so warm and so engaging the whole family um that lives in new orleans and they have a jazz club and the father's retiring the father played by peter bryant who is great he's one of those character actors you see all the time all the time and just a quintessential professional um Anyway, they're they're closing down the family jazz club. He's retiring. She comes back. She's kind of uh, uh, um, getting ousted by a younger singer performer by her record label. Her fake fiance is actually someone she used to date, and he I think he was the producer on her albums early on that got her the deals. Maybe so. Yeah. But their chemistry is so real, yeah. and the classic moment where it happens, uh, it, they've shown it over and over on the teasers where he picks up a ring she drops and hands it to her but gets stuck on one knee and somebody his, gets his a picture of out. it. Somebody gets a picture of it and it looks like he's proposing and it becomes front page news and thus starts the story. I wonder how many marriages were have began with a guy's back goes out, he goes down to pick up the ring. And only in the movies. Only in the movies. Okay. okay. Yeah. So what do you got? I've got uh, time for him to come home for Christmas. And now, there's a lot of time for someone to come home for Christmas movies. They've made a series of these ones. It's this, a franchise. It's a franchise. This is the only one I've really actually liked, I'll just be honest. Um, it, it was directed by David Winning. Marcy Holland wrote it, and it stars Holland Roden and Tyler Hines. And, of course, features Steve Basic, one of our other favorite. Steve Basic. Of. Don't get me started on Steve Basic. <laughs> <laughs> Virgin River. 
And garage sale mystery, which you can't say the same way. Doesn't, you can't doesn't say it work. the same way, no. Garage sale. No, it doesn't work. <laughs> so, but, uh, but yeah, I, I enjoyed this one. It had some kind, well, of, it's kind a, of, I call them speed bumps. Let me just say, it's about a, a woman who receives a phone call, but it's the wrong, he gets, the, whoever's calling has called the wrong number, leaves a voicemail that uh, is kind of a pleading uh, voicemail to get back together uh, with his girlfriend. So, uh, Holland Roden and Tyler Hines spend the movie trying to figure out who these people are and trying to get them back together. That's it's a good premise. Basically, it's it. a really good so, premise. Yeah. Like I said, you know, it's just got a couple of speed bumps for me, but yeah. you know, I I don't it it didn't ruin the movie for me. No, and you have so. to really like the time for for someone to come home for Christmas song that is always played in these movies. And yeah, well, this one was done the best anyway. Yeah, I, I think so. So it was. So. You heard a couple times. So. I think that that the next one should be time for them to go away for Christmas. I like think it's the, I think the it, unwanted relatives that come to visit and they just want to they want it, them to go home. It could be that, or it, it could be time for Blake Shelton to actually show up in one of these movies. I think time for Blake to <laughs> to come to the movie about. <laughs> that. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so that, that that's it for our wrap up of the stellar Christmas movies it for Hallmark really was Christmas and other holiday movies for Hallmark so join us next time in the Hallmark Cafe where love is always on the menu Hallmark Cafe is a copyrighted program produced by High Horse Productions our theme song was written and performed by Diane Killen and the Hallmark Cafe illustration was created by Daniel Killen be sure to find Hallmark Cafe on Instagram and check out our Facebook group 